Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another rousing rendition of the Brethren Podcast. I'm AJ Woodson, uh, and we got another cocktail combo. Like we said, we're keeping up with uh, Women's History Month. Uh, so we we lining up a lot of convos with brilliant women uh, that we know and love. And today is no different. I have a fellow Tuskegee alum, uh, entrepreneur and educator. Educate Both of those are really important. We're going to talk about uh, each one uh, moving forward. But we got Miss uh, Stevie Ray Hicks with yes. us today how you doing today i'm doing good thank you for having me no problem no problem you you literally were the second person that came to mind and you know we've we've had a few uh convos through message before and you know getting some stuff together and this is perfect time to really you know start the combo in terms of everything because i've watched you from afar of what you're doing and it's you know i i got a lot of questions for myself period just just to kind of to get uh to get into it but before we get started like we always do uh we uh cheers to a wonderful conversation gems being dropped crumbs being dropped and people can pick them up okay i have my kombucha can i cheers to that it's for me of course of course you can i heard kombucha get you give you give you a little bit of something too yeah let's sign some i gotta try it um, but yeah, so you've uh entrepreneur and educator, mm-hmm. and I want I'm gonna get in that, but a little bit that we our first episode that we did uh this season, I keep saying we shout out to uh my co host Dr. John Mulovin, PhD, CFP, and uh, uh Mr. Destrian Wells of D Wells Consultant. But we uh we did an episode about legacy. And I know legacy uh, means a lot to you and your family, particularly because majority of your family, if I'm not mistaken, went to Tuskegee, right? And like, uh, I think your grandparents moved there or were they already there? They moved there from LA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that, that legacy portion of it, how much of that ties into what you currently do? Um, It's... <laughs> it's the sole purpose because um, although this business is for me, I was inspired by my children, um, Sam Cole, which is Sammy and Kobe. And um, they are the main inspiration or driving force behind why I get up and hustle every day for a house of Hicks or Sam Cole by Hicks. I like how you said that because that brings me to the, the, the segue into the next portion because you said Sam Cole, uh, Sam Cole by Hicks and House of Hicks. And you've also got Energy, the Energy uh, Incorporated. So you've got three uh, businesses running right now. So define each one for me so that we don't, you know, intermingle. I know they all kind of, you know, they go together. Uh, right. But, you know, define each one for me. Okay, so House of Hicks is a service. That's what I provide service. It's the intersection between entrepreneurship and mental, healthy mental and emotional um, space. Um, and then there's Samco by Hicks. That's the retail that's um, basically still have um, the, the air about mental and emotional space, but Black culture um, black women, especially literature, art, energy, all of that great things. And then you have the energy incorporation, which is, um, the inner greatness. Um, and that's basically providing, um, partners, I mean, providing programs, um, through partnerships and events for mental and emotional wellness for black and brown. And I have to say black and brown because, um, 
that space will be open, not just for black people, but for people, um, Hispanic um, people, um, you know, because I, I was the only black person growing up on my block in L.A. So um, I and, and me being a teacher now in Montgomery and it's a, it's a big population, um, I, I wouldn't feel right if I didn't add that in Brown. So, yeah, most definitely. Um, so one of the one of the points that I wanted to talk with you about is because you've from my from my point of view, uh, I've seen your setup at uh at the, some of the pop-ups that you've done and your setup is very 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 intentional um because if 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 you didn't have your setup the way that you have it set up some people might just think you you know you just you just sell books but <laughs> you you've truly done a job of i would say taking like a food truck concept but a food truck that also creates a restaurant environment in front of the food truck where like your bookstore, your retail side, you don't know that you're not in like your space. Like, you know, for a fact that you've like stepped into another space. Um, So talk a little bit about the intentional aspect of what you were doing. One of the words that uh, one of our, like uh, our charge words for this year is intention. Um, so mm-hmm. just because I know that wasn't just like, you know, I'm going to do a pop up. Let me get my little banner mm-hmm. and boom, like you got the fence, the the plants, like it's 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 a whole setup. And for people who have not seen it, we're going to give out the the Instagram uh, in the in the description. Go look on their Instagram, their Facebook page, the website. It's 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 a beautiful setup. But talk about the intention of that of that setup. Okay, so let's keep it 100. When I first did my first pop-up, um, I had um, I had a trailer. I did have my trailer because the whole idea was to, excuse me, to have a store on wheels. And then, um, so my first pop-up, I just had a little trailer, table. I didn't even have a tent, so I was outside baking. But I had joined an organization called Buy From A Black Woman. And she kept saying, make sure you provide an experience. Make sure you provide an experience. So I'm like, okay, how can I provide an experience? And I kept thinking about, well, this is how I want my store to look. This is how I want my customers to feel. So I just made sure um, growing up in Los Angeles again, I grew up in Lamert Park, well, close to the Lamert Park area where it's all about Black culture, Black energy, Black art. Like that's 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 what I know. So um knowing that 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 move that that I don't know I just wanted people when they stepped in Sampo by Hicks Hicks I was providing an experience that put them in energy art you know atmosphere um and and I want them to feel it I want them to feel it I want them to know you know next time you come back you know um you know you're going to get the same type of energy if not better each time right so that oh that that like your your setup is number one is it's inviting and it's eye catching, um, and it really you know it does set you apart in those environments. And I can you know I like I'm in New York, but I've like I said I've seen your setup, and I know the you know I I know a lot of the pop-ups that you've been a part of, um, and I just know that there's there's probably not anybody else there that just creates a space like you're creating and you know i just want i definitely want to give you your props on that because that 
your setup definitely does aid to the the, the mental health and, and, and awareness aspect of it because it's an inviting place. Like it looks like a relaxing oasis and kind of like this chaotic space of just retail and buying and vendors. But it's like this place looks like, OK, I can go over here and kind of like gather my thoughts and find yeah. something that's going to help me mentally and emotionally. So I definitely want to give you your props on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so. Your setup uh, got the attention of H and M, and you're in you're in Alabama right now with 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 this with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But you were invited to New York City to set up inside of H and M in Times Square. <laughs> I don't even know the question to ask. Maybe like how, not even how it happened, but like what what it, what was your first initial thought once you realized because i'm i'm pretty sure that even if it was a contest or voting or some it had to be like different stage and it's like okay you make it past the first stage which is one out of a million people then you make it to the next stage and it's one out of ten thousand but like just knowing you know that you're part of this process and like okay you know i'm putting my cards out there and then finding out your cards are the one that's pulled and you're in h&m in Times square hopefully everybody understands like the magnitude of that but what was your initial thoughts in terms of when you found out that, you know, you needed to, uh, to be a part of it? Well, <clears throat> again, I keep I, I'm, I'm real big on networking. So um, when I did buy from a black woman, um, let's start buy from a black woman um, is an organization for women, black women in businesses. It provides spaces and and. Um, challenges as well as experiences such as H&M. So my first um, pop-up event that everybody where, where I had that picture of my um, setup, that was an H&M event. I was, I, I actually asked before I was following the founder, Miss um, um, Nikki, and I was following her and I kept, I, I'm very, when I want something, I, I, I just look for and I keep looking at it and that's almost to the point that I won't stop till I get it. So I, I just kept paying attention to her post. So when um, we had a meeting, one-on-one meeting, she has these things called office hours where you you get to speak with her and her team for about 30 minutes. And um <clears throat> I was talking to her and I was like, I just got to ask, can I be a part of the H&M pop-up for the summertime? And she was like, yeah, I mean, this is why this is here. So that led me to um, meet people, um, get my brand out there. And then fast forward to um, October, they were having a holiday market in December. And that's when I um, asked again. Um, And it was only for the um, the women that was a part of the Buy From a Black Woman um, organization. And I asked. And um, of course, during that time, it had to be a little bit more curated and they had to handpick who they would want. But um, I was chosen and it led from there. And then I was just like, okay, I have to make something specific specifically for H&M and but it was it was a challenge but we got through even getting down there we literally had to do like a round trip it was just a lot because you know we have kids we have babies it was just a lot but we we made it work yeah definitely I I was uh it's not a lot of people that get their you know their work or their ideas or anything that they've created into what everybody considers the big box retailers, big stores. Um, 
So it's it's definitely an accomplishment and it definitely kind of, I would say, kind of just lends to the fact that you're doing something right. You're doing a lot of things right, actually, not even just one thing. You're doing a lot of things right. Um, But, yeah, your persistence that you that you talked about in terms of like you, you know, you you just asked. uh, We we definitely like to remind people how, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. You know, if you sometimes all it takes is just hey, can can I do this and asking you shall receive um, right but i i would consider you a bibliophile someone who just loves books uh obviously you you're an educator uh and and teaching in the in the school system so that that that's also as part of it but um in terms of what you what you do now with your with your st- with your retail aspect you sell paper, you know, hard copies of books in this very, very digital age where everybody's, you know, downloading Audible and everybody's got Kindle. And, you know, we went from having physical like Kindles to everybody just, you know, pulls up books on their phones or their tablets and whatever. And so um, just talk a little bit about the intent of, you know, staying true to the originals, you know, like I'm going to sell books because a lot of people would consider, you know, like a bookstore and I, I don't want to, you know, just call what you do a bookstore, but a lot of people consider just that concept that that portion of it, like who still buys books when in fact, you know, there is, you know, it's kind of like a dying market, they would say, but there, so if it is there, there's the opening for what you do, but kind of talk about the decision-making process of going like, you know what, I'm, this is going to be definitely a part of it. Well, I've been selling books since I was five years old. Okay. I mean, honestly and truly, I've been a hustler since I was five. I've always, you can catch me somewhere between five years old and 12 years old and 16 years old selling something, right? Um, even when I wasn't necessarily supposed to. So when I was five years old, I um, sold my mama's books on our front lawn. <laughs> And I even sold a signed Toni Morrison copy. And I didn't know, you know, my whole goal was to get more books for me because I grew up in a house with readers. So um, my mom is an avid reader. And from there, I remember, um, you know, just at that time, I wanted to make more money, but it was because I wanted more books. So now fast forward to me being in my 30s and I'm like, and I have a store and it first started off with enamel lapel pins. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at my coworker one time and I was just like, I mean, one day and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start selling books because you know what? As an educator, an English educator, you notice that people are not reading, not like they used to. Right. And I'm not talking about people my age. I'm talking about young children are not reading. They actually turn their noses up ahead books. So I was like, I'm not to make this the new cool thing again. I'm not to make it hot. Um, homegirls read, the homeboys be reading, we all read it. And on top of us just reading, we're engaging. We're, we're, um, we're, it's a lot of people out there that really like to read the hard copy. Like it's a thing. And you know what? I even did my research. Books Million ain't losing no money. Barnes and Noble is not losing any money because at the end of the day, it's the experience they're providing. So that ties back into my setup. I wanted to make sure when I provide an experience or whatever services I offer, I could tie that into the whole experience. So that's what I wanted. I I wanted people to know that, you know, I'm your book pusher. I'm your pen pusher. Whatever you need, I got in it as long as it has anything to do with literature 
the literature or arts, I'm here or health, you know, whether it's mental, physical, whatever I can provide. Um, but it has to be, in, you know, an alignment of what I'm doing. So books was just it. And I think that's dope how, you know, the educator in you, you, you notice the needs. My wife's a teacher, too. Uh, she teaches fifth grade. Um, mm-hmm. And my, I come from a family of educators. My my mom's mm-hmm. been in education for years. My grandfather, aunts, uncles. So you know, I understand you know that portion of coming you know coming from a household or households where you walk in and everybody got an encyclopedia set. There's a bunch of books, and you know, at a young age, you're picking up a book that's you know full of college calculus or algebra and you just you know because you like the books and you brought up a good point about just liking the feel of a book i'm one of those people that you know i i'm digital as ever um but i can't get with reading on a screen i just can't like it irks me i'll do an audio book um and i've even gotten to the point now where i think that i want the audio book with the physical copy and then i just let it like read to me while i follow along that way i could I don't know, but like, and plus, you know, we, we come from that generation of, you know, pizza hut and book it, where it's like, if you was reading, you was getting them free pizzas. And that was, right. uh, that was and outside of that. There were a lot of summer reading program lists and things that, you know, you got in school that incentivized reading. So it made it cool and it kind of right. just disappeared. Um, so definitely, you know, uh, kudos to you for kind of bringing that back. And as an educator, realizing that that's kind of, you know, not kind of, that is um, was missing and trying to um, to do that. Um, well, so. If I could just say this real quick, mm-hmm. it's, it's important. And I hope that, you know, when we share this with this podcast, that parents, um, the homies, whomever, understand that we still need to read while it's still legal. Like it's, it's imperative that we understand that they're banning books. Like books as simple as To Kill a Mockingbird, they're banning books that we were raised on. And I don't, all that reasons why I really feel like we are, if the kids were handicapped before, imagine now. So we really need to press the issue. Like my thing for my, anything that's um, regarding like my book club or anything like that, read while it's still legal. And that's, I'm, I'm sticking to that. We have to. We have to, or we're going to be, what's that? Have you ever uh, read that book or seen that movie Fahrenheit 451? I didn't see that one. I saw. Uh... I, I taught the book. I mean, I taught the story um, about two years ago. I just, for some reason, it's just the, the title is escaping me, but it's, we're going to get to that point where it's, it's, it's not going to be a thing anymore. It's going to be illegal. So that's important to me. Yeah, most definitely. Cause you know, like you said, the a lot of the books that we read in, you know, middle school, I didn't realize until recently because the conversation has kind of been sparked up, obviously, with social media where people are like, oh, they're banning books. And I'm like, you know, we read Coffee Will Make You Black in like sixth, seventh grade. Yes. Well, well, you know, should we have? I don't know. Maybe not. But, not, you know, books like that are banned now. They can't have them in the library at all. And that was a, a different, another thing. It was like, there was, you know, the books that we were given in class to kind of read about, but then you go to the library and read anything that was there in the library had every book. So, you know, that was kind of the thing is like you, and you know, I'm one of those kids where every summer, my like I said, family of educators, my uncle took us to my grandparents, like the library near my grandparents' house. 
got us, got me and my sister library cards. And every day we were required to go to the library for at least an hour. And number one was because that's what he was doing. He was going to the library and he was sitting down. He going to go read him three books in an hour. So he like, yeah. y'all going to go sit down. So, you know, you're here in the library. And when you're in the library, you know, this is 90. So <laughs> Internet ain't, right. <laughs> ain't popping like that. Right. You know, you play, a, you know, some Oregon Trail or something on the computer. But, you know, you're going to get in these books. Eventually, that's what you're going to have to do. So reading became a thing that if you weren't, you know, an avid reader, everybody kind of read. So I definitely appreciate, you know, educators like yourself. And then you also have the entrepreneurial uh, platform that you have now where it's still being pushed by that same force of, you know, read while it's legal, because it's definitely um, it's definitely being, you know, kind of not even kind of, it's very in your face, like, you know, you know, black books, you know, books that show certain themes of progress and prosperity. They don't want you reading and they cutting a lot of stuff out, sugarcoating. They doing more than sugarcoating. They putting icing on it, washing yep. it off and they're putting icing on it again. And it's like, oh yeah, everybody was an indentured servant, that kind of thing. But right. Right. <laughs> so as much as the persistence that, you know, is on their part, we got to be even more persistent, especially with our, our youth and we, we you know we we're all about community um here when, when those aspects so we definitely uh will help you in any way we can to to keep pushing forward with that because it's, it's definitely something um to preserve right right um so a little bit more on the entrepreneurial side like i said from afar your uh your family is is also you know you come from a family of educators and uh you know entrepreneurs as well um and you also been hustling since the age of five. So it's kind of, you've answered the question, but I'm going to ask you the question again is in a different form is how important was it for you to, you know, do the entrepreneurial thing? Because, you know, obviously you're an educator. I'm from Alabama. So I know educators uh, and, and in America, period, you know, if we, unless we're going to start paying them, you know, like doctors, like they do over in uh, the Netherlands and, and, and Norway and Finland, you know, y'all are always underpaid. Um, and all of the educators I know do it for the love, you know, y'all mm. are, y'all are part of that group of, you know, quote unquote, unsung heroes, a, a lot of you, you know, um, that have their children's best interests at heart because real educators embrace their students as their own. They always will yep. always have. That's my, that's been yep. my experience with, you know, 80% of my teachers, you know, in my lifetime, obviously I'm, I'm part of uh, what I consider a privileged group. I grew up in Tuskegee. So all my teachers were black, you know, all, mm -hmm. you know, whole systems black, uh, but obviously Tuskegee is history. So I, you know, I check my privilege with that when I when I because everybody doesn't come from that. But then, you know, like yourself, you come from a family of educators. But how important was it to say, okay, I'm going to continue doing education, but I gotta do this, this thing on the side. And then knowing, you know, from you know, from from a point, this ain't just gonna be my side hustle. You know, this is thing. Cause I like I tell people now, like people like you. You're a full-time entrepreneur, a full-time mom, and a full-time educator, you know, just because some people may think, oh, you know, you up from two to four in the morning, you know, putting in work on your business, that's two and four in the morning. If the kids sleep, you know, you should be asleep, 
you know, so them two hours should honestly be doubled and tripled for entrepreneurs. But talk about the intentionality of, you know, saying, you know, I'm going to do this thing and how important it was for you to do that. Well, I just want to I'm the only educator in my family. Um, my grandparents are well, I what I consider serial entrepreneurs and my dad um, has always have a, had a hustling spirit. So that combination um, allowed me to see the ins and out of holding or having um, your own business. But honestly, um, I think what, what pushed me to say I want to have my own business is I've always wanted to have my own business. You know, entrepreneurship is not necessarily for everybody. Just like working a nine to five is not for everyone. So um, I just know that um, I'm very, I hate to use the word bossy because it can have a negative connotation to it, but I know what I want. I know how I want it done. Um, And I'm very good at delegating. Um, I remember when I was in high school, every organization, like I was a, I was the chair captain. Um, and then I used to ski. Um, I was a part of a lot of, like I was on a swim team and I've always held some type of office where I was a leader in some format. So that just carried over to when I just, you know, had children. I was just like, you know what? I can't take orders for the rest of my life. I got to have, I have to fulfill my own passion and I have to do that in, um, you know, with my own business. And I think that's just where it came about. Let me tell you, when I first started House of Hicks, I did not expect for me to start doing after I became pregnant with my son. I didn't even expect to get pregnant. I was really focused on, okay, I want a business, but then I got pregnant, so I pushed push that back. And then in, um, after I had him, I was sitting around trying to figure out what can I do. Initially, I want to do a tutoring. I wanted to have my own daycare. I wanted to tutor. But I know I looked at my husband and said, if we got get pregnant again, I'm not about to have nobody daycare or I can't continue to tutor. I just can't do this. It's too much. And um, that same year, it was 2020, beginning of 2020, and I found out I was pregnant. And I looked at my husband and I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, ha- I can't have a daycare. I, I can't tutor. It's just too much for me. And I had a, a really bad pregnancy because not only was I pregnant, I was going through postpartum depression, really, really bad. Um, really, really bad. Um, like people don't even understand. I had a cardiac ablation. I had um, gastro issues. I was literally having really bad anxiety, really bad depression. Like it, it was bad. I was going to the hospital literally every weekend. It was bad, but um, I needed something. I need, I needed something. And I looked at my husband and he looked at me. He said, why don't you just sell something? And I was like, I don't want to just sell anything. I gotta, I gotta be connected to it. I have to have something I want to do. So I started, you know, still going through my postpartum depression. I looked at some enamel pins that I had because I started collecting them. And I was like, maybe I should sell enamel lapel pins. Why not? And from there, I just took off. And it has been my saving grace. Like if someone was to ask me to quit my job or quit my business, 
Um, I would have to choose my business. Honestly, if someone said you only could do one, I would be so devastated because it's so much a part of me. It has been a savior in a sense, you know, it, it, it's really it's sacred to me. You know, it has saved me, honestly. So, yeah, that is why I continue to do what I do. That is why I started. I just started this business during the peak of the pandemic while going through postpartum depression at seven months pregnant while still having to raise a one and a half year old little boy. I appreciate, you know, uh, your transparency on that. And, you know, that's one of the big reasons why we wanted to have, like, we've always, we've, we've always had, we've had women on for, uh, for cocktail combo, but you know, this month I said, you know, we're focusing because things like that don't get the time that it should. And we know why. Um, so we definitely wanted to be the opposite of that because postpartum depression is very real. Um, and I'm glad that you, you know, you found something. So this was as much for you as it, you know, as it was for other people, like, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, with people and their passions is some people have a passion and it's not necessarily to be shared with other people because it's literally for them, uh, but, you know, when it is, I definitely think the world should take the appreciation and not take it for granted that people like you have a, have taken something that's their passion for themselves and are able to share it in a way and be very intentional about it. So thank you for that. And that uh, I can't do this without saying shout out to your husband, one of the original uh, 6 boys. So shout out, shout out, yeah. to, Mr. <laughs> shout out to Mr. Hicks. Um, yeah. But you mentioned something and, you know, we kind of we kind of jumped we kind of jumped over it. Uh, mm-hmm. but you now have two children, both under five, correct? Both under, well, three and one. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys, and I'm still <laughs> nursing. Yeah. So, and so we out, we only got one. My wife stopped nursing at right at like two, right at two years old because the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And then my wife caught COVID, so she had to stop nursing. That's literally how we weaned Avery off. Is she was forced to not be able to for right. seven for seven to ten days. So right. Um. So yeah. So you're yeah. So you're still nursing. You're running a business, education, and you were not in. You know, we're quote unquote not in COVID anymore because everything's back to normal. Where you know every education is now back face to face and all of this. And you're running a business and your wife, mom, uh, everything else, sister, a daughter, granddaughter. How? I don't know. How do you do it? Just how? I honestly couldn't tell you how. I honestly couldn't tell you what keeps me going or anything. I just know that if I stop house of hicks i wouldn't know what i would do i don't know i you know people ask me that all at that time and i think my love keeps me going my passion keeps me going my um like you said i'm intentional about what i want my drive i'm very ambitious i'm very determined i know what i want um so i i don't think i'm gonna stop till i get it but how do i do it I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, I'm being honest and true. Like, oh, truthfully, 
case in point, just before we got hopped on, I was at Home Depot trying to, because I'm trying to, I don't want to expose what I'm trying to do, but it's mm-hmm. something new with House of Hicks. But I was basically giving my husband another project. But I think about stuff and I'm like, okay, that's what I want. Like, sometimes I'll sit on it and I have some really bomb um, women. Um, shout out to my homegirl, Michelle. She's Bailey's, um, Bailey's Daisy's. Um, she's another entrepreneur from LA and we talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, also to my homegirl boss moms enterprise. Um, so I'm talking to them and sometimes if I have questions about something, I'll call them up and be like, what you think? Especially if I'm, I'm not sure. Cause I could be very, um, obsessive to the point that I'm like, I'm going to get it. I thought about it. Boom. But then sometimes I use my homegirls be like, just bring me back here. So I'll probably sit on something for two weeks, but after two weeks, <laughs> it's either mine or it's not and I keep it pushing because I'm very determined I know what I want I stand on it um, and I owe that to my mom and my grandmother I, st- I owe that to my mom and my grandmother I have, I have some really dope women in my life some really dope women in my life I do my cousin Charday. Uh, she has her own um, her own business, Barefoot Therapist, the Mahogany Project. I have some really dope women. My my, my cousin um, Sicily. A matter of fact, come to think about it, all of us are doing something. My homegirl, I me, mean, my homegirl, my cousin Sicily, which is Charday's little sister. She owns Two Chill Tea and the Quirky Mac. So I got some really dope people in my life too that keep me going. So it's not just me, although I can say that I'm this, that and the other. And I do believe that I am determined and I I am very powerful and all of that. But I cannot say um, I'm doing this on my own. My husband is my muscle. You know, like anytime I need something, anytime he's always there, like always like if you're going to catch me, you're going to catch my husband. Now, if he is not working. It's me and the kids, and we be out there hustling. And then, of course, my advice, I already told you, my, my committee of, of homegirls and family. So, yeah, that's what keeps me going. Most definitely. And I, I, I appreciate you bringing that point up where, you know, it does really take, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to just maintain and keep going. Yes. There ain't, there ain't nobody. I, I think I said this when I did with, with my previous conversation with my homegirl, Yvonne, or either on the ep- episode about legacy, but I was just like, ain't nobody did it by themselves. There is nobody who did it by themselves. And anybody who says they did is selfish. Yeah. There is, there is no way you're going to have to talk to somebody else. You're going to have to ask somebody else for something. You know, it, you, it's, it's, just, it's just, I'll say it. It's impossible. Uh, so definitely shout out to everybody uh, that has helped you. It's, you know, especially matter of fact, I got to hit up DJ to hit up Charday because well, we had her on for a motivational Monday for uh, for uh, one of our groups. Um, it's like just the way that she talks about what she does, yeah, very passionate. You know, dope. She dope. Super dope. And dope. like literally, I can like <laughs> I never turn the sound on. But when I'm scrolling and she pop up, I'm like, what day is she going to do today? Because it's, you know, in itself, it puts a smile on my face. Right. And that's part of why she does what she does. But then, like, uh, when she was talking with us, you know, just explaining how she talks to her her clients and things and of that nature, it was just like she loves what she does. And having passionate 
number one, having passionate black women in your life, positive black women in your life, just, you know, it does something for you. So black men, particularly keep positive black, positive and passionate black women around you and lift them up as well, because it does wonders for the ecosystem that is us, the community yes. that is us. You just, just do it. it I, I can't explain it. It just happens and it happens organically. And that's one of the beautiful parts about it. Um, so last question that I want to ask you, mm-hmm. you, 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 you said at the beginning that you wanted to, you know, obviously your, your children and one of the, one of the entities, Sam Cole is named after both of them. Um, and obviously that had to wait until the Sam mm-hmm. part came. You had it already. I already had it before she was born. It, it started because although House of Hicks LLC, it was registered, mm-hmm. but I didn't do nothing with LLC. I created a trademark, which was the retail part, and it was Sam Co by Hicks, and I was seven months pregnant. Ah, okay. I already knew. See, that's the that's the behind the scenes. The all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Obviously, you know, you've got a three and a one year old, but I can already tell that they're, you know, it, it, at least the three year old is probably already just like actually reading books. But the importance of passing this along and instilling in them this piece of passing it along for others, because that's mm-hmm. also the big portion of like everybody can be like, oh, you know. I'm a, you know, I'll teach my kid to read and hopefully everybody else doing it. But I'm, you know, I come from one of those, you know, communities where you went to everybody else's house and they also had books. And, right. was, you know, you ain't have too many friends. I ain't have too many friends that just wasn't, you know, if you went on the AB honor roll, I might couldn't come to your house. It would be honest, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Like we got to know your mm-hmm. mama, your daddy. Oh, both your mom and daddy educators too. Oh, okay. We know your homework will get done while you're over there, that type of thing. So the importance of, instilling these same values that you that you've uh, lamented on this whole time persistence uh, balance being intentional having a passion for things how important it is for you to pass this on to your children and them also you know passing it on and creating that actual legacy because honestly we, we you know we're talking about legacy this this season and you know we under we understand now are beginning to understand that it's not going to be something that we see our legacy is literally going to happen hundreds of years after our existence is gone, you know, where our names are in, you know, in places and spaces where people are like, Oh, okay. The Hicks. Oh yeah. The Hicks. We know the Hicks, which is, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, so passing that on and uh, the importance of that, how, you know, uh, talk about that a little bit with, with you and, you know, now you're two. Um, Honestly, I just hope that my husband and I are great examples. Um, I'm not going to force anything onto them. Um, My practices, my faith, um, the things that I do, I'm not going to force anything onto them. However, I do hope they see um, mommy and daddy wake up every day. We go to work. I do hope they see that we are um, trying our best. And my whole goal with my children is to create just good people, you know, just good people. 
whatever that may look like. I just want them to be good people. That's you know, important. yeah. So, I mean, it's important for them to have their own. And if their own is something that they can pick up from mommy and daddy, that's cool, too. Because I know my kids, they saucy. They can create their own little, you know, little sauce to it. So whatever it is they want to do, I'm down for it. I'm, I'm that mama. That's beautiful, you know, and that's I think that's part of, you know, like our generation where we we kind of see how it was done right before us and then how it was done right before right before us. Like we saw how our grandparents did things. We saw how our parents did things. We pick and choose the things that were good. And now we're, you know, we it's just progress, progress and passion and a lot more passion is sprinkled in now, whereas before passions kind of took a back seat. Um, so. That's it's always refreshing to see you and your husband and your family are, are definitely uh, what I would consider model citizens. So, you know, continue on what you're doing in any way that we can help you, uh, you know, expand uh, your platforms and your businesses. We are more than willing to help uh, and, are, and are willing and able. So with that being said, uh, now it's plug time. You've plugged a lot of people through here, but now it's time to plug you. You've named three. You've named three entities. But how can our listeners and our viewers, because this uh, this video will be on Spotify exclusively, how can they find you on social media, the web, uh, and anywhere else? Okay, so boom! I just published my own um, literature loving for the literature loving homegirls guided reading book, um, and mm. it and it. You can find that on Sam Cole by Hicks, along with my enamel lapel pins, books, and some novelty gifts. Also, some healing crystals because I am Black Girl Magic. Let's okay. Oh. Um, on top of that, um, it, for services like pop up events, and um, I'm going to start a new mindful society up under the House of Hicks. Um, those are just services for um, our yogis and things of that nature. You can find that under houseofhicksllc.com. And um, this summer, hopefully, we'll get the energy off the ground. We're still working some things out with some partnerships. But um, you can find um, that on Instagram as of right now. And if you go to houseofhicksllc.com, you can also go through to the website through that website. So, yeah. Oh, this Saturday. This Saturday. No, this Sunday. Excuse me. This Sunday. We're about to have the ultimate, like, oh, my gosh, I've been getting some really dope feedback. Um, and you're not in town, right? Oh, I'm not. Oh, man. But so it, it's look, a women's. Look, I, I got you. It'll be in Montgomery, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got I got it's... people everywhere. You know, I'm from down now. I have, I have people pull up. But go ahead. Yes, tell tell us when it's March 20th. March 20th from 11 to 4 at the Mission House, um, 461 South Court Street, Montgomery, Alabama, 36104. It's the Women's History Pop-Up event. We're celebrating women-owned businesses. And honestly, you know, the universe knew what they wanted to be done because it's a lineup of some black women. I opened it up. I opened up the door for whomever and it's some dope black women, like dope black women. We have Lace by Leah, Craft Me Up Creations, um, Yo Mama. Yo Mama, she from California, Chloe. Um, we got Yo Mama. Um, we have Ambiance by Lovey, which is Love Tea. We have my mom. She's a um, therapist. She's going to have some art therapy. We have my homegirl boss mom, Enterprise. We have Salt Mixer. She's new. Um, I hope I'm naming everybody. T- two t- um, two 
Chill T, uh, the Quirky Mac, um, the collab, they're gonna come through. The collab, they're shout not necessarily. To, shout out to my homegirl. Yeah, dope. They from they from one of well, one of them is from Shorter, the other is from Dolphin. Uh, shout out to Daphne and Ansi. They're gonna be there. Um, did I name everybody? Um, Last and she Chica, she's gonna be there. Oh, we got a lot of people there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Tanika from Tuskegee, she's on the decorations. DJ Big, was it DJ Big Show? He's Big on show. the ones and the twos. Uh, I'm excited. We're gonna have a mocktail. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Rock drinks making the, rock, the mocktails? Mm, no, I have um, someone else coming. Oh, no, that's uh, I'm thinking about because Daphne's doing collabs, they're doing the Teen Girl Summit. I see. Yeah, that's this Saturday. That's the other thing about, you know, all of y'all. And like I said, have dope black women around. Me and Daphne have done business together for years. And like Daphne's known me since I was, she's like Daphne's known me since I was maybe eight years old. So that's, that's, that's the homie. Um, but she the knows. persistence and the business acumen of like people like you and people like Daphne, where it's like, I'm not going to open up Facebook and Instagram and not see what y'all got going on. And obviously I curate my timeline and my algorithm that I don't want to see the foolishness. I want to see the passion and the positivity. And y'all are, you know, y'all are definitely a consistent in terms of that. So I appreciate, I appreciate what y'all do. Um, and we'll post all of the information uh, for your pop-up March 20th in Montgomery at the mission house, 461 court street, Montgomery, Alabama. If you are in the area, buy from a black woman and that's trademarked probably with the other people uh, with the other company, but I'm telling you, Buy from a black woman at the Mission House on March 20th, 2022, 461 Court Street. Um, it's going to be a lot of dope uh, dope vendors uh, and entrepreneurs, uh, networking opportunities. I know for a fact that it will be. Um, so we'll, we'll post it in the, uh, in, in, the, in the description. So once again, Miss Stevie Ray Hicks, entrepreneur and educator. Yes. Owner yes. and proprietor of House of Hicks LLC, Sound Code yes. by Hicks, and the Energy, yes. and that's Inner, the letter G, and the G stands for greatness. I'm glad we figured that out. Um, uh-huh. I mean, how you take it, how you want it. Look, I'm from LA, so <laughs> however you want to take it, take it there. But it's the energy. <laughs> exactly. So. This episode has been brought to you by LaFlight87. Get you some. LaFlight87.com, the spirit of fresh flight. Uh, Shout out once again to my illustrious co-host, Dr. Jamu Loving, PhD and CFP. Those letters mean something, so go look it up. And uh, Mr. Destrian Wells of D. Wells Consultant. We'll catch y'all in the next episode, whether it be all three or just me and somebody else having a casual convo here at Cocktail Convos presented to you by Bridging Podcast. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Peace.